Uh, man, I this Lord uh, this week just hanging with the Lord. I have felt this intentionality. Man, it, it's it's hard to kind of put it in words to be honest with you. Um, since you know, I talked about it the other week. Since Miss Debbie kind of made her transition, I've just been in this place where I feel like the Lord has. I don't, I don't like to use the word opportunity, um, but I feel like we're in this 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 almost a fork in the road, where where the the Lord is kind of saying to us, uh, we can continue doing the same old same old thing, um, and. And maybe it works for some of you. You know, maybe somebody meets Jesus along the way. Maybe. Maybe all this stuff happens. Uh, or we can take, you know, the, the road less traveled, so to speak, and, and we can be intentional when we go after who he says he is. Um, I don't do powerless church well. Uh, if you've known me for a while, you, you know that's true. Nikki can attest through the years. She's put up with all my craziness. Um, you know, with the Lord, and uh, just, uh, I get aggravated with religion. Uh, I just, uh, it rubs me the wrong way. That's why I tell you, if you're religious, I'm going to offend you. Uh, I don't apologize for it. I don't mean it. It's just, me and religion don't get along very well. Uh, And so if you're stuck in religious, you know, uh, thinking, uh, and I've been there. I got saved in a nice Southern Baptist church, and uh, I thought the deal for church was, you got there at 11, you did a couple of hymnals, you listened to a man, always a man, speak, and then you were out by 12 and go to lunch, and that was it. That was the dream, right? That was the Christian, the Christian dream. Um, some of you know my story. I did that. I got saved when I was 15. At, uh, I won't say the church, but I got saved at a church here in town and did the whole thing, and I started reading the gospel, started reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I started reading about all this crazy stuff that Jesus and the disciples were doing. And I talked to a few people in the church about it. They're like, well, yeah, that was for then. That was for the disciples then. It's not for today. Um, and man, it just never sat right. Uh, and the more I would read it, the more aggravated I would get that it was just church was boring. Let's be honest. Have you ever been to just boring church service? I could raise, I could raise multiple hands and feet here. Um, I've probably spoken at many boring church services. Uh, I can still remember my first message to this day up at the old church, and it was 45 minutes of just cringe, horrible. I still apologize to the youth that had to sit and endure that. So, um, But I just don't do boring well, and, and in that process with the Lord, um, I just started getting aggravated. And I remember one day just telling him, like, look, if all these signs, wonders, and miracles aren't for today, if we're just doing boring church, I don't even want to be here. <laughs> That's how aggravated uh, my dad always raised me, if you're going to do something, you do it all the way. You know? He would tell me, if you're going to be a trash collector, you better do it to the best of your ability. And so when I became a Christian, my same drive for that was, hey, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And, and I can't just do boring church. And, and so I would tell the Lord, and I was dead serious, when I, if you don't show me this stuff is real, if it's not for me, then just go ahead and take me to heaven, because this is, this is all just boring. <laughs> Uh, and I started hearing testimonies. I remember someone gave me a, someone told me that they were at a service somewhere in town, and somebody that was in a wheelchair got healed of some kind of uh, sickness that caused them where they couldn't have strength in their legs and walk. Uh, I don't remember if it was cerebral palsy or something. It, it was something you would know. Uh, and they got prayed for and got healed and no longer needed the wheelchair. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, did you, 
were you there? They're like, I was there. I'm like, all right, well, I, you know, people I talked to said that stuff, that stuff's for, for then. It was in the Bible. Uh, someone told me that it was probably the devil doing all this stuff because uh, apparently the devil's into signs, wonders, miracles, healings. Uh, I don't remember reading that scripture, but I've been told that by many uh, church theologians. Um, but man, it just started encouragement. I started hearing testimonies of people getting healed and people just having miracles happen in the world. Uh, and the Lord ended up leading me here, and I started hearing stuff. And I found out about Bill Johnson and some other speakers, and I found out that uh, what, what I was reading in the Bible was, was for today. It was actually for right now. Um, there's a verse, John 14, uh, verse 12, probably my favorite verse in the Bible. Uh, you will do greater works, this is Jesus talking, you will do greater works than me because I'm going to the Father. And, and people are like, well, I've heard all kind of people try to justify that verse, that it wasn't, it wasn't for signs, wonders, miracles, any of that stuff. And I'm like, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And, and this is where I think people get caught up in the signs, wonder, miracle thing. Uh, I've heard probably Bill Johnson say it the best, is that signs, wonders, miracles is a road sign, right? When you go down to Panama City Beach and you're driving down and you kind of get to you fall and stuff and you see that first, you know, sign marker that says so many miles to Panama City Beach, you don't pull the car over and get your beach chairs out and just sit there, right? You hadn't made it. It's not the destination. It's just a sign pointing you to where you're going, right? Signs, wonders, and miracles are a, a, a sign marker pointing you to the Father. All right, that's it. That's what it is. If, if miracles and stuff don't direct you to the Father, then have some questions. You can question those. If it's anything that doesn't project you to a good, good God, uh, then, yeah, you can question that. Uh, but I just see, I mean, we're in this place right now where I, the enemy is, is trying to distract us with all sorts of stuff. Uh, he's really good at distraction. I, I'm really good at distraction by myself. Uh, but when he tags along and it helps me, uh, I can get really distracted really easy, right? Anybody else kind of fit that? Um, but I see stuff, man. I, I see, obviously, we've dealt with all the COVID stuff for the last year and a half. Uh, I see people that we know that are in the hospital. I see other stuff that's going on in, in, in our world. Uh, you know, Miss Debbie transitioning, all this stuff going on. And I just, I see this, this light on the hill. I see this goal that the Lord is directing us to. And it's hard not to get caught up with everything else, right? We are, we are human. Stuff happens. It really, it really stinks when you have to go through heartache and heartbreak and you have people that are in bad conditions or you have relationships that are falling apart. All this stuff, I understand it. We're, unfortunately, there's still sin still abounds and the devil is still doing his thing. But I want to encourage us not to get, not to get lost, not to get redirected from where we're headed to. Um, this, um, these set of verses have been, have been kind of running through um, my head, and it kind of, I think, ties in to um, this last song we were uh, worshiping to. It's uh, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, starts in 17. Most of us are probably familiar with it. This is the Passion Translation. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. God has made all things new, 
and reconciled us to himself. I'm sorry, son, I'm trying to get better. So, and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping uh, records of their transgressions, and he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. He's entrusting us to lead people to the Father. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. Listen to that. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through whose lips? Whose lips? You meant the pastor's lips, not the pastor's lips. Our lips. That puts responsibility on us, huh? That's uncomfortable. Um, where was that? Uh, so we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf, turn back to God and be reconciled to him. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. There's a couple of things in here that I want to I wanna kind of uh, break off real quick. Um, I understand we read, this, we read this passage, it's related to what? It's related to salvation. It's related to us uh, becoming a new creation through Christ. Um, but I think all of us, most of us, probably all of us, but I'll say most of us to be generous, uh, have been guilty that we forget the part about I become a new creation, <laughs> right? Some of us, when we meet Jesus, the only thing that changes in our world is we now add the title of Christian to it, right? Probably so. Uh, I've been there, right? There, there's no, uh, you know, we sing that song, was it champion? Um, I, I forget the words. Basically, uh, what is it, out of our mouth, miracles are breaking out. And then what does it say about authority? It sounds really great in a worship song, doesn't it? Man, we sing it so well, and then we leave church, and then the authority, I guess, just just takes place when y'all y'all lead worship, and then we we lose it. I I don't know. I again, and I'm preaching to myself as much as I am to you, and I'm not saying this to be harsh, but but I believe this direction that the Lord has is taking us into uh, is uncomfortable. Growth is uncomfortable. How many of you know that? If you haven't figured that one out yet. Uh, I'm sorry for what's ahead of you. Uh, growth is uncomfortable. Uh, our son, who's nine and a half months old, is growing very fast. You know, people tell you they grow up so fast. They really grow up so fast. <laughs> you, you don't, you know, my dad agrees with that as I'm, you know, almost 36 now and standing up here. Um, they, they get there quickly. But uh, is it always comfortable, Dad? <laughs> no, no. Even having him for nine and a half months, um, Nikki had to take him to the doctor the other day for his checkup, and she's like, babe, he has bruises all over. And I'm like, yeah, we, we have a hardwood floor, and if the boy is conscious, he's moving. And so he, you know, he falls about 800 times a day uh, because he's now trying to get where he's walking. So he's grabbing everything and standing, and he doesn't want you to help him. I don't know where he got that independent spirit at, but probably his mother. Uh, but he doesn't want you to help him, and so he's banging his head and banging his feet, and he's got bruises all over his knees from running all over the house. Um, and it's not comfortable, right? Uh, he, he, fought, he fell this morning when I was getting ready, 
and I could hear him screaming in the living room, and I walked in there, and Nikki had him, and uh, he was crawling and had a toy up under him and slipped and smashed his face into the floor. And uh, growth is not comfortable, right? He would be much better if he would just sit in the car seat all the time and not go anywhere, right? He wouldn't have all these bruises for sure. He wouldn't be crying every you know, hour from him falling, right? But in the, in the process of growth where I want to crawl and I want to walk and I want to run and I want to explore and I want to do stuff, there's growing pains. There's stuff that's not comfortable. The Christian, the Christian life is no different. There, there's things that you're going to experience that aren't comfortable. They, they rub against the grain of your thought process because you think you know exactly what God's like. If you do, you and I need to chat because I have a lot of learning to do. I tell people the more I learn to know the Father, the, the, simple, the more simple the gospel gets and the more complex I suddenly feel it is. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's simplicity in complex situations. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's stuff that you would think that, man, that's so easy. Uh, but because we, right, we get ingrained, we have mental processes, uh, we do stuff the same way for so long that we just get in our rut. We get in our routine and things start to get uncomfortable. And so... This, this verse is telling us that we become a new creation. And, and my encouragement to us is that we remember that we became a new creation. That we should have power and authority. We should walk into a situation and things change for the good because of what we carry. Right? If we read the Gospels, when we look at the life of Jesus and all the stuff he did, and then he tells us, you'll do greater things than these. Well, we get uncomfortable praying for somebody in church. How am I going to do that on the street? If you can't do it in-house, I can almost guarantee you, you're not going to do it out there, right? Uh, and that's just truth. And so it falls on all of us as, as a church family. If you're visiting, um, sorry, hopefully it encourages you. You know, this is kind of a family chat. Uh, hopefully it doesn't discourage you to, to, to become part of our family. But I do want to encourage us that as a family that that wants to grow, wants to go after the kingdom, wants to be a beacon of hope and light to the community, to the city. We want all this stuff. It comes with being uncomfortable. It comes with growing pains. It comes with intentionality after the kingdom, after the king. It's a package deal. You can't, you can't have, uh, I can't have convenience and have the kingdom. It just, they don't go hand in hand, unfortunately. When we get to heaven, all that stuff will change, I'm sure. Uh, but unfortunately, right now, convenience in the kingdom rarely ever coincide. Rarely ever. And so, in that, the, the other part that I love is that it puts a responsibility on us. And, and not even just responsibility, the, the privilege for us to lead people to the Father. I'll tell you from, from things that I've seen through the years and, and opportunities that I've had uh, doing ministry in different places, watching other people do ministry, being able to sit in places where well-known uh, leaders and, and speakers uh, are at and, and seeing what the Lord is up to. There's something powerful when, uh, when the person you care about that has an, you know, a sickness, a condition, or something's going on in your body and Jesus shows up and heals you. You know, I don't have to, I, I've rarely seen me have to sit down and read you the gospel to try to convince you that Jesus is good, <laughs> right? Uh, if you've ever been in that situation where you have something going on in your life and you need Jesus to show up and he shows up and does it, 
and he brings healing, deliverance, whatever the case may be. How many of you, I don't have to sit down and tell you, well, let me tell you how good of a father he is. You've just experienced that goodness, right? All right. That, I don't know how to give people much more of a better direction to who he is, the nature of the goodness of God, than them experiencing the kingdom in their own personal life. All right. But we don't see that much. We don't see that as much as we should. But we should, right? That should be the normal Christian life. Uh, and, and that's why it's so important for us to understand that if we're just doing this thing without power and authority, we're missing the whole thing. We're missing the whole thing. Maybe, you know, I remember we used to do uh, go to judgment journey. <laughs> How many of y'all have ever been to that? All right. Credit I will give to them is that it is a fantastic workmanship. They, they put a lot of time and effort and energy into it, and well done on that. Uh, as far as the message delivery, on the other hand, it is not, uh, not the same gospel that I'm reading through. <laughs> um, when I base any kind of relationship out of fear, it's uh, circumstantial and superficial at best. Same thing with the Lord. If I tell you that, hey, you need to know Jesus or else you're going to go to hell, okay, is that true? Yeah, sure. But is that, if you told me, like, well, you need to marry Nikki because she's probably the only thing you're going to get and you're going to be lonely the rest of your life, well, dang, all right, like, let's set it up, I guess. <laughs> that, that would work out really well, right? All right. It's that when I have a personal relationship, when I get to see the goodness of who I'm in relationship with, that, that pursues growth. That pushes growth and intentionality. That's why I'd go to Judgment Journey. I've been there several times, you know, running youth groups and different stuff with other churches uh, before I came over here. And we'd go, and somebody would go up front to get salvation. And then we'd come back next year, and the same people that went up last year would go back up front to get resaved. Um, I wasn't aware at the time that it was a yearly renewal process. I wasn't sure there was a renewal fee that we had to pay or what was going on, but the same people were doing the same thing over and over. And it would last, you know, they'd get about a good two weeks. Uh, you know, they'd, they'd do all the, all the good stuff for two weeks, and then the fear would wear off, and they'd go back to whatever. Um, but, man, when I see people that get, get encountered by the Holy Spirit, and I see people that are radically experiencing Jesus, I rarely get to see those, and they are like, oh, you know, I, I just need, I need to do better. I, uh, I remember, you know, I know the Lord, but it's been a while. People are passionate when they encounter who he is. Maybe that's just me. I uh, when I experienced the goodness of God, um, not the things that went perfect in my life, but, man, I would have to be a deliberate fool to just turn away from him. And I know, I know several deliberate fools that have done it. Uh, again, you know, I've been there. There's redemption for everyone. Uh, the Lord is good and still will chase after those same ones and pursue those. Uh, but you have to be a deliberate fool to see the goodness of God and then turn your back to it. That's how powerful it is. And so I want to encourage us as we're doing that, we can say all this nice stuff, right? I can stand up here and I can tell you all this stuff. It's probably, all the times I've spoken here, this is probably about the same message you get every time I say something. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it's the only message I have. Take it up with the Lord. But, um, but my hope is that it catches on and, and that it's a good reminder for me as well is that I can't stand right here and tell you uh, to do all this stuff and not practice what I'm preaching. 
Uh, I honestly think that's why the Lord wanted me to clear the front of the stage, because I, I want you to understand that there, there is no separation or barrier from you to whoever's up here. Um, I'm not your Holy Spirit, all right? Rodney is not your Holy Spirit. Whoever's up here is not your Holy Spirit. Uh, we can give you counsel. We can teach you. We can do many things, but we're in the same boat. We're in the same boat, doing the same thing, figuring out the same stuff, and and if anything, I, I should be an example of what that looks like. You know, the people up here should be an example, but it's not that we're doing it perfect. It's that we're pursuing the same Jesus in the same way, figuring out the same stuff, and we're not always going to get it right. That's why we have a church family to support and encourage us along the way. That's why you have other people in the house that should be spiritual mentors and leaders that are help directing. This is not a, uh, what is it, a um, blanket of the word where... Uh, you just have one person that does everything. There actually is a really smart word for it that I totally blanked out on. I guess it shows you where I'm at. But um, we really have to grab a hold of this self-responsibility, family dynamic, and say, hey, where can I, where can I plug in? What can I do to be a part of this family? Because if people are coming here and they're needing prayer, they're needing ministry, they're needing healing in their bodies, they're needing counsel, you can't have two or three people doing everything. It says in, uh, what is it, uh, is it 1 Corinthians? Oh, where's that? Um, yeah, 1 Corinthians 12, right? Gifts of the Spirit. If I don't read it from the Bible, then some of y'all won't believe it, so... In verse 7, chapter 12, each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. Let me read that again. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. Right? So each one of you have, have giftings. God has called you to different things. He's gifted you in different ways. He's, he's gifted you in things that I can't do. And so we have to come together. You know, it talks about being a body of believers. We have to come together as a body and, and really be intentional with what the Lord has given us. Some of you don't even know what the Lord's given you, right? I'm still figuring out some of it, but some of you just need to ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what have you gifted me in? What have you given me? Ask people that give counsel in your life around you, hey, what do you see in my life? What kind of gifts do you think I have going on? And find those and plug into it. The other thing is that, you know, I think there's a, uh, an opportunity for us as a church to, to walk out what we're talking about. You know, we, we need to be more intentional uh, where we're given words of knowledge. We're, we're, we're prophesying over people. We're telling you the goodness of God. We're telling you what God is seeing in your world and seeing about you and who he's called you to be. You know, we're going after signs, wonders, and miracles. And it's not for the sake that we could be known as some house of signs, wonders, and miracles. I, I could care less about that. My hope is that it becomes a, a house that is a directional point that points you directly to the goodness of God. One of the things I appreciated about Bethel Church, there was many, but one of the things Bill would always talk about is that because um, they, they, they dealt with cancer in the church and his father passed away. And if you're tracking his, his wife, Benny, right now is actually dealing with uh, going through chemo with cancer. 
And, and one of his, his things that he always contended for is that I want Reading to be a cancer-free city. I want people that are driving down Interstate 5, you know, up to Oregon or SoCal or wherever, that as soon as they enter into the city, that if they have cancer, God just completely heals them. And, and it was just kind of this large belief, you know, it kind of, I think, shifted my paradigm a little bit to think that God is bigger than what I give him credit for. <laughs> I, I don't think you heard that. God is, is bigger than what I give him credit for. And so I just want to encourage you, ask the Lord what his plan is for you, and ask the Lord what his plan is for this house. You're a part of it. Uh, I hope you're going to be a part of it anyway. I, I hope you choose that. Um, you know, you're more than welcome to sit on the sidelines and watch it play out. It's way less fun. Uh, I've, I've done that. It didn't last very long. Uh, but when you're in it, it's way more enjoyable. And let me tell you, it gets a little messy. There's things that happen that just have to be cleaned up. That's how many of you have families that have ever had an issue in your family that had to be rectified? Two of us, great. All right, so I'm glad everybody else is doing really well. Um, you guys should write a book or two. So when you do family life, right, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be messes. That, that's fun. That's part of it. It's taking ownership and, and cleaning that stuff up. There's going to be uncomfortableness. But, but the thing is that comes out of that is that the reward that comes through that, the encounter we get with the Lord, the goodness that we get to see with people coming in here and getting to meet a good father, not just coming in here to do a sing-along Sunday morning in a church service. Okay, but they come in here and get to have a relationship with who he is. That, that alone is worth all the uncomfortableness, uh, all the mess, all the issues that come out of it. Um, kingdom stuff is messy. That's what I, I've told you before. We say we want all this stuff, and it sounds great. Um, but again, you get people that come in that have different values than you do. Uh, they look different than you do. They smell different than you do. Uh, they interact different than you do. And people start to get uncomfortable. We used to see it even, even at Bethel. How many times, Travis, we get people that were bust in from the homeless camps and different stuff in the city, and they, in the summertime, it's 100-something degrees. They're sweaty. They don't smell great. They have different value system. Uh, and we get people that come up, hey, this guy really smells. You guys should probably ask him to go sit out here. You understand you, you wanted people to get touched by the kingdom, right? Yeah, but it's just really distracting. Okay, well, we're going to invite him in. If it distracts you, you're more than welcome to come sit out here you know, where you wanted him to sit, uh, and you can enjoy the service over here. And, and the thing is, people like to ask stuff, right? We, we like to sound holy. God, bring us all the homeless people. God, bring us all the people that look different and, and act different, and bring us people that don't necessarily agree with some of the stuff we're teaching. And then they get here, and you have to interact with them. You have to explain stuff to them. You have to do life with them and love them well, and you have to help embrace this new person, this new, this transition into a new, new thing. And it's not always easy. And so I, I do tell you, if you're going to ask it, be sold out for it. All right? If you're going to buy in, buy in all the way. Don't do it halfway. The Bible tells you what, what he thinks about lukewarmness. If you're going to do it, do it. 
Uh, we'll figure it out together. We'll make messes together. We'll have fun together. We'll see Jesus show up in great ways together. Um, and it's, it's a journey, right? It's a journey. Um, some of you are either not having enough caffeine this morning, this message is either horrible, or I'm just so profound that you are continually processing everything. I'm going to say it's the latter, uh, because none of you have microphones to disagree. But, uh, but again, this is, this is probably my, this is my drumbeat. You will hear this most of the time I'm up here until the Lord changes it. Uh, or until we figure it out, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Um, but a couple things I want to do, uh, because I don't want to just preach about it. Um, Gail, I'll have you come up here. Um, you can turn, let's turn the lights up a little bit. Um, I just want to, how many of you know God's always speaking? Amen. All right. Okay. Three of you, again, uh, we'll open the coffee shop back up next week for sure. Uh, God is always speaking, and you know that he, he actually has things to say <laughs> about everyone. Um, you know, we talk about prophecy, and we hear prophecy in the Southeast, and things get weird. Uh, people have no idea, you know, they think that we have to come in in cloaks and uh, we call out all your sins and all sorts of weird stuff. First of all, if that's your version of prophecy, I'm sorry for whoever distorted that for you. Uh, but I love the prophetic because, one, um, I've seen it work many, many times where we're out somewhere, we're in a service, and God highlights somebody uh, and we're able to speak into what God's seeing in that individual and what God's doing and stuff that they didn't even fully know or stuff they didn't think anybody else was aware of. And, and how many know, and this isn't a bad, this isn't like you're calling out somebody's dark sins and everything else. Again, that's, if that's your version of prophecy. You and I need to sit down and chat. Um, but God wants to call out the gold. He wants to call out the goodness. Uh, and I think, you know, the Bible talks about in Corinthians about how uh, that should, should basically direct somebody to the Lord. Uh, so we're going to um, call out a few people. We won't make it. We'll make it as weird uh, as we can just to help you out, right? Uh, that's a joke, but you're not laughing, so. Um, ma'am, what's your name? Andrea, and this is your husband? Chris, and then, I'm sorry? Philip? I wasn't even close. Okay, Philip. Philip and Andrea? Okay, I am horrible with the names. Great with faces, horrible with names. And then... Are these your two sons? What's your guys' names? Marcus and Frank. 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 Okay. Sorry, I'm getting there. Um, I saw you guys come in this morning, uh, so welcome. Thanks for coming to hang out. Um, Marcus is right. Um, do you play any instruments? Do you do drums or anything? And I, I just felt like, uh, do you do anything musical? You should. <laughs> Um, I just saw this thing when you came in. I, it was kind of interesting. I, uh, I saw this vision of you uh, playing drums and then picking up a guitar and kind of going through this, this whole assortment uh, of instruments. Uh, I've seen a few people like that in my life that it just didn't matter. They picked up one thing, they just picked it up. Um, I have some rhythm, you know, for a white guy, but I stay off of drums. Um, I tried to play guitar one time. It, it wasn't pretty. Uh, but, but I felt like you had this gift in your life where you can pick up things and do it really well. And you're very tactile. Like when you put hands on something, it tends to absorb a little bit faster. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you, if you don't do instrument stuff, I, I would look at changing that. Uh, just seeing, I don't know, I know how parents love to have drum sets in their house, especially for teenagers, right? 
Um, yeah, this is probably torturous for y'all if I'm saying that. But, uh, but mom and dad, I would look at uh, getting him an instrument, getting him into some kind of uh, music classes uh, just to see how it goes. Um, I think you'll find also it just feels like it'll be an outlet for you uh, to really enjoy just having that kind of uh, investment. I know when you become, how old are you? 16, yeah. I, I vaguely remember those days now, but uh, I do remember when you're that old, you're trying to, you're, you're, you're learning a lot about life, you're trying to process stuff. You definitely don't want to go chat with mom and dad all the time. You're just trying to find an outlet to kind of break away. And I feel like music, uh, like the instrumental side, is going to be really impactful for you. Um, and, and Frank, uh, you do a lot of video games? Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's pretty generic nowadays, unfortunately. But, uh, but I, I saw this thing. You're probably pretty, pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, you're a very intellectual processor. And so you pick up on things like that, any kind of techie stuff, uh, gaming stuff, especially when you have like that hand-eye coordination, you pick it up really well. Uh, and, and so I actually see the Lord like growing that. I, I, see, I see that kind of developing. Do you do any kind of computer software? Do you ever mess with that stuff? Okay. I, I, I think where you go, and how old are you? 12. 12? Yeah. What do you play, like console? Console, okay. I just see something you and, and like doing computer stuff, um, actually designing, doing some kind of software, whether it's software engineering and stuff like that. Um, man, I, mom and dad, I'm, I'm costing you guys a lot of money. I, I, sorry about that. Uh, but I just feel like you know you have this great gift for hand-eye coordination and also how things on the software structure side work. And so I really think uh, there's going to be an outlet for you to do uh, whether it's you know, I don't know if it's video game designing, but some kind of software dynamic where you're designing and creating that stuff. Uh, so mom and dad, watch for that as the years go on. Um, check out the PC side. Play with it a little bit, see what you think. Uh, soon as mom dad get enough money to pay for brother's music lessons. Um, and, and mom and dad, I just heard the Lord say, man, you're just doing a great job. <laughs> Um, you know, you've had some seasons that have felt a little bumpy uh, and felt a little like, almost like you were playing, uh, what is it, pinball, <laughs> where you hit the ball and it just, it's hitting everywhere and half the time goes all the places you don't want it to go. Uh, I feel like that's kind of been the season you've been in for a little bit. Um, but I saw the Lord kind of taking your lane of travel and condensing it to where it was more direct. Uh, I don't know what that means, but I feel like the Lord is, is kind of making things a little less chaotic. Uh, for you, and he's going to kind of be restructuring things to kind of bring some simplicity back into your world, uh, some peace, uh, like this this sense of refreshing uh, that the Lord's coming in and going to do like a um, almost like a Hawaiian vacation kind of deal, <laughs> like where you just you're at the beach, you kind of take a breath. You know that 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 first day of vacation is always you're trying to get settled in, but by day two or three, you know you're like this is the sweet spot. Uh, that's where I feel like the Lord is taking you to, kind of that sweet spot of vacation and rest. Uh, and so I would say in the next couple of months, you're going to notice things are going to simplify. <laughs> They're going to make a little bit more sense. They're going to feel a little bit more structured. Uh, and you're going to have more of a direction of where the Lord's sending you. All right? Hopefully that makes sense. I'm sorry for all the money I just cost you. Uh, one more, and then we'll wrap this up. A couple right here. What's your name? Brooke and... Joey, are you guys married? Okay. Uh, you guys have kids? How many kids? Three. Um, I, I saw, I, I heard the word builder um, over you both, that you guys were building something. Uh, obviously, you're building family, and you're doing that well. 
Uh, but I feel like, what do you do for a living? Yeah. Okay. Um, I just kind of felt like my wife and I have, have our own business um, the last couple of years, and, and I just saw that same thing over you guys, that there was coming a season where the Lord was going to start giving you uh, creative ideas for businesses, um, that you guys are uh, growing something, you're building something together, uh, and it'll be a legacy that you're able to hand down to your children. Um, uh, how long have you guys been married? Oh, all right, well done. Uh, I remember my wife and I just um, are getting ready to hit 14 years married, and so by that point, you've been through a lot of the fun stuff. Um, and, and so I just hear the Lord saying, you know, in the age we're at right now, it's easy to give up. We see it all the time, right? People quit. They're like, oh, this is too hard. This isn't the Lord. I never loved you. We hear all this crazy stuff. Uh, but when I see, especially younger couples that have been, they've made it past that, like, especially that 10-year mark, and they're still hanging in there, um, the Lord has something intentional for you guys. It's not, you guys didn't just luck up and all this other stuff. Like the, the Lord knew you guys were going to be together and have these children, and he has an intentional plan for you both together. And so I just want to encourage you that, that he is doing something. Uh, he, he's super proud of the decisions y'all have made, even when y'all felt like we don't know what the heck we're doing here. Uh, welcome, I guess, to, I can't say, as being a parent, I've, I've been one for all of nine months and still figuring it out. So, uh, But I feel like the Lord is saying, you're, you're making it. You're getting through. Like, uh, I see the Lord just putting, uh, what's the game? That, uh, is, it, is it Jenga that has the blocks that you, you pull apart? I feel like you guys have been in a season where it's been Jenga, but it hasn't felt like it's been in your favor, where like people's been poking holes in it and knocking blocks out and all the other stuff, and you've kind of felt it, you know, shake and teeter. Uh, and I see the Lord going behind and just starting putting the blocks back into place. Uh, that he's not going to let you fall, he's not going to let you crumble, uh, any of that stuff, that he's actually got a great uh, intentional plan. And in the times that it feel the bumpiest, uh, just remember the stuff that he's done, uh, that he's already done in your world, and just say thank you for that stuff. Um, uh, we're going to wrap up, but I really want to have behind you Lila and Roy uh, are going to pray for you guys back there. Uh, they're a phenomenal couple. They have a couple of kids that have turned out pretty well. Uh, so they're a great one to, to pray for you. But uh, I just want to say the Lord is blessing what you're doing. He's got this builder thing where you guys are going to create stuff together as a husband and wife, as a family, uh, and it's going to leave a legacy. You guys may not have, have been on that receiving end of a legacy or had much from your parents or whatever the case may be, but you guys have an opportunity to shift that and change that. And the Lord's been super, super impressed uh, with how you've been mom and dad to those three. All right. All right. All right, church. So we're going we're gonna to wrap up. I do want to say, um, one, this is normal Christianity. Um, this is what it should be like. Uh, and this isn't you have to be up here on the stage with a microphone to do it, right? Ask the Lord, hey, what are you saying? When I go to the drive-thru, uh, what are you saying about the girl, the guy handing me my food? You don't have to have this long, drawn-out thing. Uh, hey, you know, the Lord's really impressed by you. The Lord loves you. Uh, sometimes people just need to hear you're beautiful, right? In the world we live in where it's all negativity, sometimes just telling somebody, hey, uh, I see you. You're really important. You're really valued. All right, so just ask the Lord. Are you always going to get it right? No. Uh, I've given some words where I thought for sure, and they were like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, are you talking about the person behind me? I'm like, yeah, maybe that's what, that was it, probably the person behind you. So 
But I heard this years ago, and I live by it. God doesn't honor... It's, God doesn't honor about getting it right. He honors the risk you take. He honors the faith you walk in, right? So it's not about getting it right or wrong. It's about obeying and stepping out. All right? The disciples didn't always get it right. There's plenty of stories, so you're okay. All right. Um, I wanna, as we're wrapping up, uh, if I have any of our ministry team that wants to pop up in front, uh, anybody that needs a miracle in their body or healing, you have some kind of sickness, you've got something going on in your body that you're like, hey, that's not normal, that doesn't feel right, you just raise your hand. I'm not going to make you come up here, anything, anything crazy. Okay. All right, so uh, we see the ones that have their hands raised. Let's just pray for them real quick. Uh, it doesn't have to be any kind of lengthy prayer. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is powerful in himself, right? So Jesus, we just speak healing in their body. We just say complete wholeness in Jesus' name, that you're a father who loves your children. And if our earthly parents would want us to be in wholeness and health, you definitely would want us to be in wholeness and health. So we just speak healing in Jesus' name. Uh, no sickness, no illness, no cancer cells. Anything that's not uh, from you has to leave in Jesus' name. All right. Uh, anybody, if you're here and you heard all this stuff and you're like, I don't know Jesus, I don't know what you're talking about, none of this stuff makes sense, but I really want to get to know who he is. <laughs> I want to get to know this goodness uh, of this person you're talking about. Uh, anybody that doesn't know Jesus and you want to this morning, just raise your hand. Again, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to pull you up here and tell you to recite the Bible or anything weird, okay? Uh, if you want to know Jesus, put your hand up. All right, so I'm assuming that everybody knows him, which is a fantastic thing. Uh, if you don't, you're like, hey, I'm not raising my hand because it's weird. Uh, come chat with myself. Come chat with some of our staff that are around. We'd love to introduce you to who he is. Uh, once you meet him, it's really hard to do life any other way uh, than without him, okay? Um, I love you all. When you go out today, just one person. Just one person. Speak life into them. Encourage them. Uh, that one person will build momentum for you and for them, okay? All right, so let's stand. Pray for you real quick, and then we'll let you go get all your little children and apologize to the nursery workers for me. Sorry. Well, Father, we love you. We're excited for what you're doing. We're excited for who you've called us to be. God, that you see greatness in your children, and you've called us to do great things. Jesus, you said that we will do greater miracles than you because you're going to the Father. So, God, we ask you to show us what that looks like, uh, not for miracle's sake, but so we can do sign markers that lead people to a good, good Father. So, God, thank you for that. We just speak um, just great wisdom and revelation and rest over Rodney. Uh, during this time, and that, God, you're just encountering him in new ways uh, during this season. And, Father, let's let him know how appreciative and thankful we are uh, of him and Debbie and what they've invested uh, through the years and through the seasons here. So, Father, we love you. We're excited for what's to come. We're excited for tonight for Riley at 6 p.m. Uh, to get to bless him and watch him get ordained. And so, God, we love you. Thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great week.